When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. And welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. Welcome back to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I have a wonderful guest with me here today. I am super excited to introduce him. His name is Tyrone. He is the owner of the Amazon of Business Services, helping entrepreneurs start their business with and business owners fix, save, and or scale, grow their business is all around the world. So I am so excited to have you here today. Thanks so much for tuning in and joining us. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Do you just kind of want to tell us kind of what you do with your clients? Give us a little rundown of your business, you know, who you work with, things like that. Sounds good. So my name is Tyrone Robinson. I'm the owner of Opportunities to Serve. We are the Amazon of Business Services. We provide free consultations to small business owners, entrepreneurs, and decision makers, really in the efforts to decrease their pain points and the time that it takes to solve them. So we provide free information and guidance toward resources, connections, partners, whatever you're looking for to really help you in your business. Um, So we're looking to help you be mistake-free as much as possible. We're looking to decrease stress out of the decision-making process and We want people to understand that we've done all the work, meaning we've tried these services, we've found the best partners, we've signed the best partners, and if we have the opportunity, we will direct you to the best partner uh, for the needs that you have uniquely and not necessarily just because we have them. Um, So we'll never just force anything. 
down anyone's throat, so to speak. However, if we don't have that partnership already intact, we have partners who do. So there's very rarely, if at all, ever something that we can't help a business owner talk through. Rather, it's scale, growth, fixing, saving, starting a business. Uh, we're the opportunities to serve for a reason. So you give us a call, you communicate your objectives or your problems or your needs, and we point you in the right direction. Fantastic. And so needed right now with everybody seeming like, you know, they either need to pivot or change up their business or maybe they're just starting. So it sounds like a great service and super timely for people right now. I love it so much. And obviously you and Thank I. You. Oh, good. I'm glad. And obviously you and I have had a chance to talk off air prior. So we got to know each other a little bit more. We have similar backgrounds, which we do talk about a lot on the podcast, which we'll get into everybody in a few minutes, which I think everybody will enjoy. But I want to start off by asking you about your previous line of work and how you kind of got into entrepreneurship and building these networks. I think it's so fascinating and so needed right now in business. As just being a business owner, it's important to have a network and a resource with someone like yourself that can connect them to other people almost as like a, not a networker, but I would say a resource for them to come to any problems that may arise. So can you tell us a little bit about your first career and how you kind of hit that glass ceiling as we chatted about previously? Sure. So for five years before the eight years of business ownership, I was recognized in the top 1% of all people in mental health uh, who did what I did specifically in the industry, which for me was essentially connecting education and or employment with mental health recovery. So an area that I focused the most on is called community engagement. And what that was, was essentially an opportunity to build bridges between you being out of work, out of school, and maybe even out of society, so to speak, and opportunities that were uh, competitive employment or uh, traditional education opportunities. So bridging that gap really came in the forms of building boards, building programs. Um, some of the larger programs are still around. The largest was called Decode Delaware County Open Door to Education. It was housed at the Delaware County Community College. Uh, we had two nine-week, 18-course opportunities for that population, so we extended our abilities to serve uh, in our areas of service with that offering. But what it did was, again, give people a real opportunity to experience day-to-day -day life, transportation, uh, money management, on top of the curriculum we developed for them to go through. And again, it was all in the efforts to prepare them to be successful in competitive employment opportunities or educational pursuits. The long and short here is uh, one of the business owners that was supplementing some of the curriculum and one of the programs basically came up to me one day and said, you know, I've been in business for 16 years now. I've been a part of your program for a few years. I like what you do. Uh, do you think you could help me? I said, yes, gave her a date. Uh, we were able to triple her business the following year. That set me along a path of serving uniquely leadership development and executive coaching businesses from Media PA to Australia and back. What I picked up out of those unique experiences were really the importance of people, processes, systems, and technology within an organization. I recognize that their lack of productivity, efficiency, and abilities to optimize talent were somewhat housed in those four realms. And I've 
continue to have that focus operationally uh, in every business since then. So um, those two years of experience within that industry specifically really gave me a, a good idea of how to tackle certain problems within the workforce and how to identify them before they become problems and everything else in between, as you can imagine. So those first two years were extremely important for me to identify those particular pain points that seemingly existed in every single organization, no matter the size. And I built my business with that in mind uh, and just kept attacking that people, process, systems, and technology challenge within businesses. Oh, that's wonderful. It's great to hear that. And I love the transition of going from like working in Delaware County. That's actually my that would have been my community college. So I am from the Delco area, born and raised. And I know how much that is needed because even things like money management aren't talked about in school. Like I went to school in Delaware County and they didn't even teach you how to write a check in high school. So when you get out to the real world. It's kind of like, how do you manage money? How do you look at your bank account, which we've chatted about before, which my listeners know, I at a very young age came into money in an unfortunate event with losing my father. But it actually taught me about investing at age 15, which I would say definitely built that money muscle in the back of my brain of ways to navigate the economy and things like that. So I know how needed that is for the youth and, you know, younger people, especially if they're thinking about starting a business, it's like, how can you think about moving money from your business to then moving it into your lifestyle if you have no clue how much it even costs to run your business or your lifestyle? Yeah, it's true. You know, some of those elements, like I said, we tackled in some unique ways uh, with the populations we were serving. But at the end of the day, uh, it was all about support, you know, and, and that's really the same role that I've been playing in business is supporting business owners and decision makers in the same way towards, you know, their objectives, goals, and ultimately their success. So it's been the same mission for over 15 years now. You know, the, the objectives and the tools used to get there are just different. Mm, that's so interesting. I love to hear you say that, that your objective overall, it's almost like you found your purpose so early on, which so many people, which I would definitely say about myself as well, which, you know, we can kind of get into like some of those experiences that have shaped you maybe towards leaning towards that lifestyle versus going into the corporate world or trying to fit in some other role that wasn't exactly what would fuel you, you know? And I guess that that would kind of lead us into our next question, which is where did you find this purpose and how did you kind of know that this was going to be your line of work or was it kind of just falling into place when it was meant to be? Yeah, it's probably the latter. So <laughs> I went to school and majored in sports, right? So basically nothing. I went to school because I played sports and uh, I came home one day, which was a rare thing from school. I had a new neighbor. He's like, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so. Uh, I hear you're in school. Like, would you like to go out to lunch? Like, you know, basic introduction. So I said, okay, reluctantly. All right. And so I go to lunch with this stranger and he's like, yeah, so uh, what are you majoring in? And I say, nothing yet. And he's like, well, I'm a psychologist. Uh, what do you think about psychology? I said, I don't think anything about it. 
And he just says to me, like, all right, well, consider it. And probably, like, two days later, I chose it as my major. So for no real reason at all. But I had to declare a major at some point. So I did that. That led me to opportunities after football, which included being a residential supervisor of a pretty large facility. But I was in charge of three program units, if you will, consisting of maybe about 40 clients. And these were children with developmental disabilities and mental health handicaps from like age two to about 21. And then I was also in charge or supervisor to uh, a staff of maybe about 25 at a time each shift. So uh, I was kind of thrust right into leadership, if you will based on that decision. But what it did was open me up to just the mental health industry. I not only was a residential supervisor in that company, but I worked for another company in mental health, working with a similar population, but adults who were actually in jail, so to speak, for violent crimes and like sexual abuse. So like a a completely different side of mental health. I was introduced all at the same time. So I'm dealing with kids, I'm dealing with adults. And Obviously, the scenarios that they're both in are completely different. One, you know, the children don't have a choice. And the other, someone made a choice, Mm. unfortunately, that led them to be where they are. Uh, But the long and short there is I got to see a lot, do a lot, and create an opportunity to make a difference. Uh, But I wasn't necessarily able to deliver or be that difference as a supervisor. I'm not one-to-one staff. I'm not necessarily held to the same commitments as the lower levels uh, of that hierarchy per se. Mm. So when an opportunity came up in another company, (laughs) actually that company that I was working with, with the sex offenders, they had started a new opportunity called Career Services Mm. under that organization. And they asked if I'd be interested in moving over there. So that's when I found the opportunity to become that psychologist or that counselor and that true support person you know very early on I was able to reach a number of significant uh, numbers that we were funded by and measured on but the whole point here is uh, differentiation right what made me different and you know I just was willing to be honest and open with people honestly I don't think there was much more to it but in an industry that you're not necessarily supposed to be so upfront and honest yeah and you know, it's it's a little tricky. So I broke most of the rules, of course, um, but it was for the purposes of increasing the amount of support that we could deliver to the people that came to us for it. So, yeah. you know, ultimately, uh, my differentiation was just not paying attention to rules and paying attention to people and their needs. Mm-hmm. And again, that created all of the things that I benefited from, but it was their work. So, you know, we did it together. But again, it's the same approach today in business. Um, so it, it has transitioned pretty pretty easily in terms of that support piece or that support person that I am to people uh, with goals and objectives. Like I said, I didn't choose any of this. It kind of chose me. <laughs> I, I stumbled into these things, although I did earn promotions and these opportunities. I didn't know what these opportunities had in stake before I got there. I just knew that, you know, people were coming to me with significant needs and I could actually be in a position to help them uh, in this capacity that I found myself in. So, like I said, I was recognized in the top 1% of all people who did what I did similarly 
uh, across the country every year that I did it. Again, it just came down to being a human, building relationships, again, no different than my day-to-day activities today. So yeah, it, it found me is your real answer. Uh, but I was able to take advantage of the opportunities as they presented themselves. So I guess preparedness is the key here. I was mm. always prepared to not only observe, but to approach these things as they came across my way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. And it's great to hear you say, you know, really just being a human and making connections. I think that sometimes in this business world, people can make things seem really complicated or, you know, that goal seems so far off. And if you really just be yourself most of the time, it ends up attracting things in your life um, that are meant to be. At least that's how I like to look at it. And I didn't add this question to our email, but I have one for you if you don't mind me putting you on the spot. I live on the spot. Yay, I love that. How important would you say mental health is for business owners and in the business world do you see you know a large connection to that what's your opinion on that I mean it's not separated at the point that you can't separate your brain from your body right what's the difference mental health and business is all the same thing you're a person right to be able to be the best for your customers your internal external customers if you will you have to be at your best and to be at your best you can't be dealing with significant mental issues and most of us do you know at certain times and obviously the higher the stress level gets the easier it is to kind of have these uh, displays of mental health that may look and feel like some things that are more profound, Mm. right? So we all have the opportunity to to display these negative attributes, but it's the same. Uh, You can't separate the two. Uh, My first experience in business uh, that I spoke about, I got to witness that firsthand where, you know, it was a woman who was running her business from the basement of her home, but could never consistently make it up the steps for dinner with her husband, right? And a lot of that turned into arguments or things had to be like foregone in terms of commitments and things like that, that they had together. And I would watch that trickle down the steps to where I was working in the business frequently, right? Rather it was a lack of work happening after one of these significant disagreements or uh, maybe a change in attitude, whatever the case is, right? You can't separate a lot of things. We're, we're people, you know, uh, a lot of us tell ourselves that we can just put things in our pocket, right? And just execute, but people recognize it. They see it, they feel it. Yeah, It's no secret. You know, you, you may think you have a secret, but you don't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's significant. Uh, you have to be really mindful of who you are showing up as every day. There's nothing more important than that. But, you know, oftentimes leaders don't have that source that they can depend on for that information. And so I get to play that role pretty frequently, even when it's not necessarily comfortable. However, when I see it, it is my job to recognize it, call it, and Mm -hmm. work through the issue with you. You know, most people pay me in a retainer relationship, meaning whenever they have a problem or want to express something, they just pick up the phone and call me. Every hour could present something different, right? right? And, you know, it really is my job to make sure that what's being communicated is the actual thing right? pretty frequently, honestly, because again, if you do know the person, 
you you're understanding the dynamics that exist in their lives. Many business owners have spouses, they have children, they have goals outside the business, they have goals in the business, they have problems with their people. They, have, I mean, everything you can think of. So I get to play that support, but I also get to learn from those issues about how to handle them at least from my standpoint, you know, with mental health, I just think everyone has their mix or can have a mix of things that brings them, I guess, joy, if you will. And I know my mix uh, that works for me, I have to execute it every day to mm. feel the way I want to feel every day. And everybody has a different mix, but it is up to you to find it. I wouldn't say even discriminate what's in there. You know, people may say five of the six things that you want to do are bad for you, quote unquote. I mean, again, breaking all the rules. I don't care. As long as you're not harming yourself or someone else, whatever you can do to make yourself feel good and and it be unconditional and real, Mm. I say try it. You know, figure it out later. But again, I do have those quick rules. Just don't hurt yourself or someone else. And then everything else is fair game. I like that a lot. And that's so interesting how you said, you know, you practice something every day. Like I have recently incorporated meditation. I've been going to therapy. I realized definitely with COVID, like there was some un, you know, solved issues in my life that I needed to face. You know, like I lost my dad at a young age, different types of things that have come up over the years, you know, relationships, all of these things add up and they definitely overflow into your business even sometimes subconsciously like I know for myself I would at times handle a relationship with a client in a way that I wouldn't want to like I might be speaking in a way that wasn't how I intended it or answering an email too quickly without digesting, you know, the information prior. And I think that also comes with age, you know, like certain things I had to learn over the years of developing the business to kind of take that minute to step back and digest everything. But I would say, you know, like meditation, journaling has really helped me every day. Do you mind sharing with us a few of the things that you do on a daily basis? I have a habit of waking up early. I don't try, but I've been up at 4.30 every day this week oh my by, by accident. <laughs> trust me. But in a normal scenario, I'm up before maybe like six o'clock anyway. Yeah. Waking up early is one of those big things because I refuse to work late. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to work late and I typically don't. Uh, and late for me is after five. Yeah. So I like to have balance, which is a part of that daily piece, right? I have things that I do to unwind after five o'clock. Only a few things, actually. So like music is big. Rather, it's like creating music, like producing music or uh, listening to music. Like One of those things has to happen. I have a VR headset now since uh, COVID has been a thing. Um, So I wasn't a gamer at all. But now I have a headset that I actually like to play. Uh, here and there. So that's another one of those things that I'll do after five to like decompress. Yeah. In the morning, I have a habit of reading maybe for like 30 minutes, an hour, depending on when I wake up. Obviously, if I'm up at 4.30, I have plenty of time, (laughs) uh, uninterrupted time to get a lot of things done. So, you know, those are like three or four things that I do every day. Yeah. Either in the beginning or at the end. And then, you know, in the middle, you know, I speak to my brother every day. I have a younger brother. And I think it's for both of our sakes. You know, he, again, he was someone that, you know, during COVID, 
was my everyday person. Like yeah. we spoke every day, which was super helpful because I wasn't out and about and having as many frequent like personal conversations. So yeah. we've maintained that for almost two years straight. So we talk every day throughout the day. Uh, at different pieces of time, obviously. So those are things that I do in the beginning, in the middle, at the end, every day. There's not a day that goes by that that's not like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting to hear. Your I love your approach because it's like non-judgmental, like how you said, like with the music, it's sometimes you producing, it's sometimes you listening, but it happens like whatever yeah. you're feeling that day. That mm-hmm. fluidity is really helpful too. Like I can share this on the podcast. My therapist, she was like, you're really taking the meditation like too intensely. Like she's like, you, she's like, Kaylin, you have to relax. Like you're not going to be able to meditate for 20 minutes every day. It's just sometimes not possible. You know, like you might have to do a five minute or maybe like just do some breath work in the morning in the shower. Like she's like, stop taking it so literally. And I think when you listen to other podcasts, you know, like I was listening to the school of greatness, like Rob Deerdeck, he's like, I meditate for three hours a day in my dome and it's like all intense and people listen and they take it literally like oh if I want to be successful I have to do that and it's really about what works for you like what's going to fit into your schedule I think that that's such a beautiful way to explain it and I'm definitely going to utilize that music aspect I used to listen to music all the time during COVID now things have gotten so quote-unquote busy that I don't have the time but i should right <laughs> i do have the time no no there there is no should i don't yes. believe in should right i i think you have options to do things mm-hmm. and if you choose to do it you do it if you choose not to you choose not to there's no wrong here however if you are negatively affecting yourself or someone else in right. that process then it's probably something you should address so mm. if you feel meditation will be a greater advantage to you. You've already done half the work in your brain. If you did no meditation, but had that positive thinking moving forward, you're doing half the job of meditation Mm. already. It's a mental thing, right? So no, there's no should and there's no secret mix. It's do what you want to do and however much of it you want to do. That non-judgmental thing is not just from the outside, it's from the inside that's Mm. most important, meaning I don't care what someone thinks about this mix or how I do it, does it make me feel good? Yeah. You know, and and that's really it, you know, so I can identify with what you're saying, but that's my remedy to get around thinking too much about it. Since yeah. I did bring up VR, yes. there's a meditation app called Trip, T-R-I-P-P, and it's in virtual reality that you can meditate and like you can plug in your own pictures sounds the whole deal like and it's completely like immersive like you can look around 360 you've got you can you know change the voice from a male to a female you can have your timer set and it shows you the breathing exercises on the screen it's the real deal so environment is also important to Mm. to test out which environment are you going to be most successful in with this new habit that you're trying to form That is so, this is so great. I feel like our listeners are going to like eat this up. (laughs) 
the VR thing or the virtual reality trip, I just wrote that down. I'm like totally going to look into that and maybe ask for it for you Christmas should. or something around my mom. <laughs> I feel like my boyfriend could utilize the VR things for like, you know, video games yeah. anyways. So it can like Absolutely. be a double whammy. I mean, whammy. there's tons of applications. I mean, Netflix, YouTube, all that yeah. stuff's on there. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's good to know. Yeah. I normally just do like a YouTube meditation in the morning, but I like the idea of the environment, like how we were kind of talking about that dome with Rob Deerdeck. That's a really similar thing that he does. He likes to feel like encapsulated, but I want to jump back really quick, if you don't mind to just tell us a little bit more about your reading lists and where you share those books that you read every morning. And I know that you're asked a lot about them and I'm intrigued as well about what you read what you enjoy reading what you think is beneficial just kind of give us the rundown on that I don't think it's all that special however (laughs) it is the number one question people ask me what are you reading like everywhere I go so I'm probably between like five and eight books a month depending on like obviously the size of the books and how much time I commit as you can tell I use my wording in, in a very precise way, meaning I didn't want to say anything about time because I make the time to do whatever I want to do, right? So I'm not ever going to use that excuse. However, length of book and content of the book sometimes makes me go slower. So I read a lot of things about real life experience and history, and some of that can be pretty weighted uh, depending on the, the category or the topic or even just some authors' abilities to express things so graphically that you have to take a break. Like, yeah, you know, some of the worst things that you can think of in humanity, you know, expressed in a book can kind of, you know, not necessarily upset you, but it could be impactful and it's written to be impactful, right? right? So it really depends on how many books I get through based on all of those variables. But like I said, <laughs> I'm about five to eight. There is no like methodology to my approach to picking books people obviously recommend books to me all the time and i instantly add them to my wish list there's hundreds of books there so i'll get the get to them when i get to them i'm big on reading for context so if i'm reading a book about someone and in that book they themselves mention or an author mentions a number of books that impacted that person within that book i'll read every single book that they list in the book that i'm reading So those will go automatically to the front of my list to be able to understand the world as that person saw it that I'm reading about. The more I want to know about you, the more books I'm going to read to recreate your experience through the books that have fed you and led you to become the person that I am reading about. So I'm very interested in just context. And even in this country, when I say history, It's history from everyone else's perspective that they don't teach you in school. So literally, there's a different perspective of this country over the last several hundred years that isn't really talked about, but it is heavily documented. Rather, it's Mm -hmm. like any race of people in this country literally have their own story. So I'm, I'm super interested in those stories and then understanding what has led us to my experience today in this Mm. country so i read for context quite a bit most of it again is historical most of what i read is true or based on truth but outside of history um, philosophy i'm big on which is also kind of history 
psych <laughs> psychology is big in there, but it's usually intertwined. I'm not seeking out psychology as much as I used to. But yeah, the list that I do have shared is just every book that I've gone through since 2020, January of 2020. On social media, you can find it at OPP2S uh, on Instagram in the highlight section. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, Tyrone, I think it's M. Robinson III on Facebook and look in the album section and they're all okay. there. And then eventually I'll start to publish a blog that will link each post back to that reading list. So that's coming up probably within the next couple of weeks. But the long and short here is you can find it if you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, or just through the website. And there's only 150 in there right now. So I'm probably well below my eight a month whatever that comes out to. But yeah, there's, again, no pressure and there's no number I'm trying to right, hit. I just right. get through them when I get through them. So again, I, I don't approach it with any unique process. However, I make time to be able to feed myself the information that I feel is necessary to know. You know, yeah. it's, it's just it's just educating myself, um, but also being able to show up to various conversations with an informed opinion, mm. uh, which most people don't do. Yeah. or take the time to do. Uh, so when people call on me for the various things that they do, I'm not just speaking to you from my experience. I'm actually mm -hmm. considering your experience as you're presenting yourself to me and also the experience you're expressing, which is different than your actual experience. Uh, yeah, more often right? than not. So I'm looking and listening in a lot of different ways. But again, that was no different than when I was in mental health than today. Yeah. It's the, it, again, I keep connecting it because for me, I've never stopped doing the same job. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just, again, different tools and resources to get there and different objectives that we're trying to meet. Oh, my gosh. Well said. You know, the end in mind, we're always talking about mental health and with everything with social media and what even came out this week with Facebook and, you know, the impact that it can have on youth. But I believe also adults, sure. you know, it's we're all human, like you said. So. And that is just so on point for what I believe as well. And I would love for you to share with us, if you don't mind, if you have a few more minutes about your book as well. And then I just have one more last question about okay. what you call your business, because I feel like we have to touch on that. But yeah, share with us a little bit about your book. I know that it was published in 2016, and I'm guessing that we will have all the information below linked as well for our listeners. So you guys can go and click all of the links that Tyrone mentioned. And we'll have his book linked there as well. So you can check it out. It's actually a three-part book, but I've only published one for a number of reasons. No necessarily, not any excuses. I just kind of let it breathe, if you will. So um, I released the first one just to just get my toe in the water, see what the experience was like. But I also wanted to create something that was a leave behind from my transition from mental health to business. So what's in that book is a collection of lessons learned from reading, uh, philosophy, psychology, all religious texts. I mean, I, I did study religion, world religions in college as well. Um, so I'm big on just, again, learning about the perceptions of people from everywhere and what they believe and how they operate. You know, it's always been important to me. So in that book, what I believe I've figured out was how to create and live with unconditional happiness. I believe I've figured that equation out back in 2016, to be honest with you. When I wrote the book, it was actually one long book that I broke into three parts. 
uh, and I was going to have the third part be more or less the key from all of these different readings, teachings. There are several significant characteristics or attributes or traits that I've identified that have led people to have this unconditional happiness. Mm. Um, so again, I, I feel like I figured that equation out in 2016 and everyone who knows me probably will admit that they've never seen me have a bad day, or at least I've never admitted it. But, you know, I don't have any stress in my day to day from anywhere. I haven't been stressed in a very long time. You know, I've gone through a lot of things, but these things don't necessarily stay with me. And if they do, I understand how to address them. And if not, I'm not afraid to talk about them either. Yeah. You know, said so in that first book, it really just expresses a number of things that I think are important to consider mm-hmm. as you live life. Um, so again, I'm not a should guy, but I will say, consider this. And at the end of each chapter, it literally says, consider this. And there's a list of things to consider based on what you just read in the chapter. So it's it's a workbook for life, if you will. And most people have given some really good feedback about the consider this sections because I don't want to necessarily tell you any answers. It's, it's not my place. However, I just want you to consider it from a different look, you know, or a different insight or a different anything other than kind of the black and white. So yeah. I just encourage people to think differently throughout that book if they should choose to do that. Yeah. But um, like I say, I, I create some stories that are true experiences from mental health. Um, some of those people I've actually named in the book. So it's just a collaboration of experiences and readings and teachings that I've taken, undergone, whatever the case is, and compiled into, as I say, a guide towards uh, unconditional happiness. So eventually I'll have to release two and three, or I may actually circle back and rewrite one and just drop all three together. So I'm still um, debating if I'll take that project on, but (laughs) to be honest with you, I've already written it. And since 2016, I've saved every single quote that was meaningful to me out of every book I've read since then. So like I literally have a database full of my thoughts to add on top of the book I already wrote. So it could be pretty long if I choose again to uh, undertake that. But uh, it was a good experience the first time. Oh, that's great. And I know like for myself, I'm like, I need this book. I'm getting it when we get off today. Um, And I know our listeners feel the same way. You know, like we've seen such a shift. And I know that this probably came for you in 2016, which is so unique and amazing that this came for you early on. I know with 2020, it's like, people can't ignore this stuff anymore Mm -hmm. in their lives. It's sitting with them every day. It's the anxiety. It's the stress, as you mentioned. It's almost like coming out of them in ways that they've never felt it before. You know, you can see it like in society, even in friends and myself, right? Like we all have bad days at times but if you can be someone like yourself where you can find that equilibrium and be confident that you can confront these emotions in a way that's not so scary I have a feeling that all of those crazy ping pong balls rolling around our body sometimes tend to subside so I'm definitely really interested to have a listen and look at the workbook thanks so much for sharing and and a quick tip so while you're trying to figure out these things within yourself, which we may call triggers, right? Yeah. Recognize what your body's telling you. Mm. That's something that I didn't get until 
maybe 2018 or 2019. I didn't recognize that I still had things to figure out after I already thought I figured it out, right? A lot of what I was ignoring was my body's response to stress. So Mm. I could mentally defeat it. It's not there, but my body's like, yes, it is. (laughs) And um, I actually had to identify where that stress point was in my body. And I found out that every time that I'm under stress, I get a pain on the left side of my stomach, like Mm. every single time. And then I had to trace back throughout my entire life's experience, how many times I've had that feeling and what was going on to be able to say, every time I feel that feeling, something's wrong. I have to like address it. And so again, recognizing your body's response in my experience, was the most profound thing. It wasn't even about the mental part. That was easy for me. Yeah. It was, again, recognizing why am I feeling this way? Why does this thing hurt? Could it be something else? Mm. And it honestly was all in my brain. You know, so again, once I recognize that every single time I'm under stress, I get a, a feeling of pain right there. I know, like it's way too much and I need to address it because I know yeah. what self looks like. So yeah, I, right. I just immediately go the other way. Right. Um, <laughs> the and, spiral and zone. The issue. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I'm and so glad that you brought up the body work. Um, that's something I'm like dabbling in right now with the meditation. It's really helped me just get in touch with like how I'm feeling. Actually, when I started meditating, I felt like these weights on my shoulders almost disintegrate. It was one of the most freakiest things that ever happened to me (laughs) I think I was finally like dropping back into myself as they may call it a lot of us can live externally because out of trauma stress whatever it may be and it was so helpful so I'm glad that you brought that up as well we all can feel it externally when it might feel only internal you know (laughs) (laughs) as well. Now, my last question for you, um, which we do do normally ask about the end in mind, but I want to end on this note because I think that this may lead us more towards the end in mind question anyways and kind of round everything out. But I have to ask you, why do you call your business the Amazon of Business Services? And how important do you think it is for business owners to be able to articulate in the way that you have what they do for clients? We're the Amazon of Business Services because we have that many partnerships in business to stake that claim. So if you have a business pain point, need, uh, you need a resource, you need a partner, you need a service. It doesn't matter. You can call us and in less than 30 minutes, not only get the right direction or validation to maybe something you've already come up with. You, you may absolutely know you need X or Y. Uh, let's just call it a website in this case. However, you may not understand uh, the difference between a website that's coded versus maybe like a Squarespace or GoDaddy site or something like that, like a website builder. You may not understand uh, the cost savings. You may not understand what's involved in terms of upkeep. Um, There's questions with every need that you can ask to filter out the things that aren't going to benefit that person, either monetarily Mm -hmm. or through usage or utility. So at the end of the day, opportunities to serve the name is what it is we're Mm -hmm. looking literally and waiting for an opportunity to serve people who have these questions and these questions are legitimate i mean everyone i've ever worked with 
I've worked with because they've had a question, yeah. right? Or they've had a pain point. <laughs> That's why my job exists. So, you know, recognizing that every business owner in the world has a question or a need, they may not be able to communicate it or they may be able to communicate it, but not understand the steps necessary or the alternatives or options within their need that they're communicating. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I'm here for. So, you know, I've done all the work in establishing the partnerships. Um, I've done all the work in uh, extracting the differentiators from each partner to be able not only to understand and communicate them to the potential customer, but also, again, to work towards their actual goals, uh, rather yeah. than be, again, budgetary goals or usability or utility, whatever the case is, we've done the work. And so, you know, that's that's the important part here. We want to take all of the headaches out of business. You'd never have to head, have a headache again. Just yeah. call. Um, and more often than not, what you see is me leading people away from spending money Yeah. in a lot of cases mm. um, because it just you're not at that level or you may not need to be at that level before you have proof of the concept to then invest in that right. level. You know, so more often than not, we're saving people money by allowing them to go through the proper channels the first time without over-investing and then being scared to reinvest because they've right. quote unquote been burned on something that they shouldn't have been doing in the first place. Right. You know, like all of these things come up so frequently. And I think we all know people who fall into these buckets and it's not a big deal. However, it is a big deal if you continue to just shoot in the dark yeah. and people are here to help you. So we offer a complimentary service right up front, which allows you not only to get a feel for the consulting itself, but again, it's building trust, it's building relationships, and, and we're never going to guide you towards something you don't want. Yeah, You're the one expressing your actual wants. I'm not going to ever suggest something that you don't need. Mm. Um, that's the last thing I need to do because I don't want to waste anybody's time, including the people we may be recommending to you. Right. Um, so it's really all about what you need, what you want. It's my job to figure out the best way and the best provider. So again, opportunities to serve is exactly what it is. And the Amazon of business service is just really uh, my way of suggesting that no matter what you need, I'd be shocked if we couldn't help you. Yeah. And in the same way that I'd be shocked if I couldn't find what I needed on Amazon yeah. when I go to my app. So <laughs> I same love concept. It. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. It's such a great concept. And, you know, that really does explain the end in mind as well. You know, like what exactly what Tyrone is saying, you guys, like you do not want to go in and make a plan if you don't have the right tools, the right advisors, the right resources. You know, he is a great network that you can connect with. If this is something that seems in alignment for you, you can see all of his contact information below. Obviously, he's very knowledgeable in this line of work. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on our show. It was so great talking with you and learning more about you and who you are. It's just wonderful. And I love the mental health overlap to what you do because it really is so needed right now. Thanks again for the opportunity. I've had fun. Uh, and I hope people take something from this uh, of value. And uh, if there's any way I can continue to add value, they should know how to reach me. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much. See you later. See ya. 
Thank you so much for listening to The End in Mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.